Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 6 from the New King James Version, and here's what Paul said. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Well, a bondservant is someone who uh, may have been a servant or even a slave, but they chose to stay with their master. So they're a bondservant. They're they're there by choice. They, they chose not to depart, not to leave. And so they're a bondservant. But notice it says, let as many bondservants as are under the yoke. So they're under a responsibility. They're under an assignment from their masters. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. So, you know, in our society, there are so many people that, uh, that choose to fight for their own right to have their freedom and, you know, and don't tell me what to do. And we're, you know, you're not my boss and whatever. But notice Paul is addressing something here and he's saying, look, in the kingdom of God, there are uh, authorities, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Jesus as the head of the church, and so on and so forth, overseers, bishops and overseers, overseeing people in the body and so on. Well, he, he's saying that the way that we treat those who are above us will actually give testimony to the order, to the love, to the unity of the kingdom of God or not. And so he's saying, look, you may think, well, man, this is not fair. Like, why did they get all the authority and I don't get this kind of authority? Of course, this is bond servants. This is actually this would be similar. And let's apply this now. This would be similar to taking a volunteer position or maybe a paid position, but usually a volunteer position in a church, in a ministry. And here you've made yourself by choice a servant under a particular ministry leader. And he said, let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters. In other words, it's easy to esteem and honor another leader that you're not under directly than to honor the one that you're under directly. Why? Because that one's giving you, you know, instructions and maybe even at times corrections. But he said, no, that the name of the Lord may not be blasphemed. He, he said, if you'll show honor to your own master, that is showing the order of the kingdom of God. Did you know that even Jesus himself, who is God, when he was here on the earth, he submitted to his father. Somebody said, well, yeah, well, Father God's easy to submit to because he's perfect and loving, etc., etc." Yeah, but even Father God, he tells us to do things that we don't do. Isn't that true? See, so even when our master would be perfect and loving and encouraging and such, well, he's still going to tell us things to do that we don't do and don't want to do. And so anyway, God's saying here, take the long view, take the eternal view. Don't just think about your life and what you get to do. No, do things the way God wants us to do them, the way of the kingdom. And that way, the name of our God, 
his doctrine, uh, the name and doctrine of our God is not blasphemed. So if we are in disunity, we're bringing a reproach on the name of our God and a reproach on his truth and his doctrine. Okay, number two, and those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Well, let me tell you, this is this requires maturity to think like this, to say, well, uh, my overseer here may not even be all that kind or sensitive to me, may be, in my opinion, very self-centered and selfish. And yet, if they're a believer in the Lord, then I should say, hey, look, by serving them well, I'm benefiting the kingdom of God. Boy, that's a mature view, but that's the view that the Bible says to take. Benefit the kingdom. And if they're in the kingdom, even if you are you don't care for them so much, then uh, see the long view that by benefiting them, you're benefiting the kingdom. And Paul says to Timothy, teach and exhort these things. So Paul's saying, I'm saying this, but it'll never come up again. No, he's telling Timothy, Keep teaching this and keep exhorting that this is the way we should live as believers. Boy, this is not typical for us. And I know certainly for Americans. Verse three, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes, and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Boy, I tell you, Paul's strong about these things. And say, don't you hang around people like that. Hang around people that have kingdom values. They're humble. They're giving themselves to the Lord. They're not out for what they can get. No, they're out to give and to be a benefit and to be a blessing, giving their lives away to be a blessing. That's what the ministry is all about. And that's what that's what godliness is all about. Verse six. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Notice this. Now, godliness, living godly and being content, not having being materialistic and aspiring, you know, to get this and get that and acquire this and acquire that. No, he said, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. That doesn't mean that you can't want a new pair of pants or a new suit or something like that. No. But he's saying you should be content, though. And if you get that, then you'd be thankful. But you're not eaten up with this need to get more. He's saying, having food and clothing, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich, now listen to this, those who have this desire, this craving to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. See, that one lust to be rich leads you into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Do you remember Judas was called the son of perdition? Which drown, drown them 
in destruction and perdition for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some having strayed from the faith in their greediness pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Well, Judas did that, didn't he? Among many others. But you, O man of God, flee these things. Oh, he's saying run away from greediness, run away from materialism, run away from trying to acquire for yourself. Run away from that man of God. But you flee these things and pursue instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. And then he says, fight the good fight of faith. Well, fighting to run away from those things and to pursue these things like righteousness and faith and love and patience and gentleness. Boy, that's a fight of faith right there, isn't it? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. What does that mean? If you don't flee those things and run after and lay hold of these things, you can lose your salvation. Those things will drown you in destruction and perdition. Judas was drowned in perdition. Jesus said it would be better for him if he had never been born. See, so we don't want this. So we got to wake up in the church and know that we've become so inundated with materialism in our society that it's crept in often to the church and the people of God, or they brought it in with them. So notice this, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Talking about Timothy, but also talking to us. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life excuse me, who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless. How long? Until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. You got to stay blameless in these things blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who alone is, uh, who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light. Jesus is the only human being that now has a glorified body and his, his body is immortal who dwells in immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, which no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. And then he goes on to say in verse 17, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Oh, it's so easy to get cocky and haughty and prideful as a rich person because you think you're better. The, the, the wealth makes you think you're better and smarter than other people. Not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches. What are uncertain riches? Riches in this world. Jesus said, oh, these riches in the world are subject to thieves, to rust, to moths, etc. And then so they're, they're subject to being destroyed, disintegrated. And he said, uh, don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Don't trust in the riches, but the one who gives blessing to us. Put your faith in him. Serve him. Stay with him. Obey and honor him, not the money. And you're going to be tempted, especially in a wealthy country like America, you're going to be tempted to honor your wealth more than God to serve the wealth more than God. Oh, you cannot serve God in mammon, Jesus said. 
So he goes on to say uh, to, to about rich people, let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give. So yeah, you, you're rich. So what? Be rich in good works. Be ready to give. Be willing to share. If you're not sharing, well, something's off. If you're not giving, something's off. Storing up, and let me just say, if you're not tithing, especially if you're doing well, you got money in the bank, you're not tithing, something's off. See, and so he's saying you need to warn them, warn them not to be like this. So he says, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay, that they may lay hold on eternal life. They might, they may. So he's saying you need to make sure to use the wealth that you have to do things, good works that are storing up for eternal life. See, when we do the right thing down here, it builds up rewards there. If we try to get all the rewards built up in bank accounts and in wealth and assets and properties and all that here, and I'm not saying that it's wrong to have properties. I'm just saying if this is where our rewards are, then we have the short view. We're, we're blinded to the long view. We should see what's going on around us and ask God, Lord, how do you want me to use these assets? They, they're your assets. I'm a steward over them. See, if we can have that view and allow God to guide those assets, then we know God has our hearts. If we don't want to obey God and ignore him, then we know that these assets and these riches have our hearts. So he said we should be storing up for ourselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. In other words, it's not guaranteed that you're even going to make it. Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, let me tell you, a lot of folks don't even realize they're rich. But by the standards of the rest of the world, so many people, especially in America, are rich and wealthy. And so we need to pay all the more attention to make sure that we're doing right before God. We'll pray about that before we close today. Okay, then he ends by saying this, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you all. So he's saying some people have gotten into profane things, things that are uh, against God, profane, uh, taking God lightly. Um, they're blasphemous. And he said, and they're babblings. They're into contradictions of what's falsely called knowledge. I mean, it's some kind of knowledge, but he said it's not the kind of knowledge that we need in God's truth, in God's word. And he said, and they've strayed concerning the faith by professing those things. Well, we need to make sure that we don't stray concerning the faith. So we talked here about uh, greediness. We talked about fleeing youthful lust. We talked about uh, the, the temptation with our riches and the long view versus the short, the short view. Let's come before the Lord right now before we go today. I don't know about you, but I don't want to give place to any of these. And to whatever extent I may have, I want God to cleanse me of them, refine me, and to help me to be the man of God that he's called me to be. And I pray the same for you as a man of God or a woman of God. So, Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we read these things. There are some heavy exhortations and instructions and corrections in this chapter, Lord, we decide to flee youthful lust. We decide to keep ourselves from unrighteous gain and, and wealth and discontentment 
and uh, holding money as more important than God, being materialistic and not having the long view of the kingdom of God. Lord, purify our hearts from any love of money, deceitfulness of riches, greed, materialism, and such. And Lord, help us to be obedient to you, to do what you want us to do, so that we're storing up rewards in heaven by being obedient and righteous, and that we're pleasing you in this life and allowing you to use every asset that you put in our hands. Lord, they belong to you. We're merely stewards. You're the creator and owner of the earth. And so, Lord, show us what you want us to do, and we'll do anything you want us to do. And we pray it in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.